I preached recently on an account in the Bible, a story of a character that no one in my church had really heard of before. It was a story of Mephibosheth. Now, in case you're in the market for a baby name that just rolls off the tongue, I suggest Mephibosheth. And if post-production they didn't put that name up there, that hand gesture looks really weird. <laughs> Mephibosheth is a story of a man who is the grandson of King Saul. Now, King Saul fell out of favor with God. He rebelled against the Lord. God removed his favor and protection from King Saul. King Saul ends up dying in battle. His son, Jonathan, dies in battle. And that means that Mephibosheth, grandson, is basically next in line for the throne. So now he's on the run because people might be hunting him. He's five years old and his nurse picks him up and as she's running away with him, she drops young Mephibosheth. He lands so awkwardly and violently, he becomes crippled in both of his legs his entire life. Now think about it. Neither one of those things were his fault. It wasn't his fault that his grandfather turned evil and now he lost his finances, his home, his life, his security. It wasn't his fault that his nurse dropped him and now he has a physical impairment that was on him, but yet he's dealing with all of that pain. Why does God make us have to deal with the mistakes of other people? And maybe that's what you're going through in your life right now. Maybe you've got a physical impairment that actually happened to you because of someone else who's distracted driving on their phone or drunk driving or a loved one of yours is in a hospital bed or in a wheelchair or crutches or re recovering. Maybe for you, you have abandonment. The people of your life left you. Maybe not through death. Maybe you are struggling with that. But maybe they just left you. And now because of their mistake, you don't have a home like you should have, financial security like you should have. Why do we have to shoulder the burden and weight of other people's mistakes? What do you do? Well, if you're feeling that way, simply go to Jesus. Go to Christ who, who knows exactly what it is like to have people abandon him. Jesus' own disciples who vowed never, Jesus, will we ever leave you and yet they were gone. They, they bailed him. He knows what that feels like. Jesus' earthly father wasn't here after he was a, a young teen. We don't know if it's through death or what happened to him, but Jesus knows earthly what it's like to not have loved ones that are there in your family. Jesus hanging on the cross knows what it's like to have God the Father not be there as his own father in heaven forsook him. Why? So that Jesus can forgive you, so that Jesus can heal you of any pain, any problem that's in your life when you give that over to him. So no matter what you are wearing in your life, don't shoulder it yourself. Jesus says, come to me when you're weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Jesus promises you rest, peace for your heart and for your life. So give it to Jesus. Trust in him and you can find peace. Yesterday, I told you about a Bible character named Mephibosheth that you probably didn't know existed. And don't feel badly about that. There literally is not going to be a quiz. When you stand before God in heaven, he's not going to list everyone in the Bible. You don't have to match them up with what they did. You just have to know Jesus, which you do. But we study people in the Bible to see how we connect with them, how we relate to them, and we can see better the grace of God. So if you didn't know about Mephibosheth, that's okay. You know who else didn't know? King David. 
King David became king of Israel, and all of a sudden he asks a very unique question in 2 Samuel chapter 9 about King Saul and his family that David was replacing. Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Jonathan, of course, the son of Saul, David and him were, were buddies. David made a promise, an oath to Jonathan and Saul that he'd show kindness to his house when David became king. So it says here that David promised that he was going to show kindness to the house and line of Saul. That's not normal. Normally when a new king of a new family line comes in, they kill everyone off of the former family so that no one else can try to threaten the throne that's here. David calls into his throne room a man named by Ziba, Z-I-B-A. Ziba was a former servant of Saul, so he knows everyone in the family. And David looks right at him and says, is there anyone left? Now, if you're Ziba, what do you do? Do you take David at his word where he promises he's going to show kindness and so let him know about Mephibosheth? Or do you think David's probably giving you a line so he can find out who's left and kill them all? Ziba was stuck in that tough spot. Do you take them at their word or don't you? What do you do? When you think someone's lying, do you take them at their word or you go, man, they're lying, I'm going to lie back. We are, struggle so much to know what to do. This is what God wants you to do. Lying doesn't mean you can lie. If someone sins, it doesn't mean that you can sin. If someone hits you, God doesn't say it's okay to hit them back. And so if you think someone's telling a lie, be loving and be honest about it, but don't lie in return. Ziba took David at his word and let him know that Mephibosheth existed. Mephibosheth, who was in need. And David fulfilled his oath and his promise in an amazing God-like way. And if Ziba had lied and said Mephibosheth didn't exist, he would have stopped that blessing from coming to Mephibosheth. Don't block a blessing. Take someone at their word. Listen to them and trust them. And if they do wrong and they sin, well, that's on them and that's between them and God. But don't heap sin onto yourself when you think someone is lying. Trust them. Pray that God will bless their work and live the life that God wants you to live. And who knows? You might be a part of a blessing being given to someone else. Pray to God for strength and understanding of what to do when you think that someone's lying. In yesterday's devotion, we learned that King David learned that Mephibosheth existed. Well, after David found that out, he asked the very clear and obvious follow-up question. Well, where is the guy? So Ziba, the servant, answered, He's at the house of Machir, son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Sorry, that's a lot of words. <laughs> you know, what do those mean? Well, tomorrow I'll tell you what Lodabar means. You could Google search it if you want, if you're curious before that. But rather than focusing on the where, I want to focus on the who right now. Mac, Machir. He is staying at this guy's house named Machir. You know what that means? That means the son of the king, royalty, it's couch surfing at some dude's house named Mac. That how it's supposed to be? Do you think that's how Prince Harry and Prince William spend their day? They're, they're tucked up in their little uh, Star Wars sleeping bag, staying at someone's house? No, they're royalty. They have amazing life. But not Mephibosheth. 
He's been on the run. He's crashing at this guy's house, same name, Makir. Here's the amazing part. Makir opens up his house to Mephibosheth. Even though there's people hunting him, trying to kill him, he's inviting that into his home. Who do you know who's in need? Who do you know who's struggling in life right now? Maybe they don't have a place to crash and maybe you could offer to your couch or an extra room for a, a couple of days, a couple of weeks. Who do you know that's in financial distress right now? And the little bit that you can give can help a long way. Just knowing there's Christian love and Christian kindness that's out there makes a big difference. Or maybe you could teach someone to make wise financial decisions or make a plan on how to get their home back or their, their life back together. Who do you know in your life who's in need? Who could you be a Makir to and open up your life to help them? Now, we don't know a lot about Makir. All we know is this one little verse that he showed kindness. But what a reputation to have. And what a reputation God wants you to have. To show kindness and love to others that don't deserve it. And we go, whoa, that, that seems like you're asking a lot. But that's exactly what Jesus did for you. You and I did not deserve his mercy. We did not deserve his love. But Jesus opened up his heart. He opened up his life to you to change you forever. May you be that blessing in the own small little way to someone in need. Who popped into your mind when I asked that question, who do you know who's in need? There was a reason why that person's on your heart. Pray to God, ask him what you can do, and then go do it. I told you in yesterday's devotion, I was going to explain what Lodabar meant. Lodabar, again, was the place where Mephibosheth was hiding out, staying at a buddy's house. Lodabar, translated, means no pasture. It's a wasteland. It's a land of nothingness. And back in their culture, a lot of people had their little garden in the backyard so they can grow their crops. They can't go down to the supermarket. And if it's no pasture, they're not going to grow crops there. They raised animals in their culture. If there's no pasture, that's a wasteland no one's going to want to use. So not only is Mephibosheth not having his own house, he has to stay at someone's house on the other side of the tracks, in the, the barren wasteland where no one wants to live. What do you think that's going to do to his self-esteem? And then if you remember, in the first devotion, I told you he was dropped by his nurse, and so he's, he's crippled, he can't walk. And in that culture back then, if you became crippled, couldn't walk in some way, you were blamed that it was your sin, something horrible about you, that's the reason why that happened. Again, what do you think that's going to do to his self-esteem? Now, remember, David's searching him out to try to find him, to restore him once again. David brings Mephibosheth before him and says, I'm going to give you back the land. You're going to eat at my table. And you know what Mephibosheth answers? Listen to his self-esteem here. Mephibosheth answers, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? He's crushed, wearing the weight of everything wrong on himself. How's your self-esteem? How are you doing with how life is treating you? Physically, every single one of us, we look in the mirror and we go, Man, I wish I was buffer, or I wish I was skinnier, I wish I had more hair, or different colored hair, I wish I had a smaller nose, or smaller ears, or higher cheekbones, or we want to fix, fix, change, change, and we just don't feel like we measure up, we feel less than. 
worthless. Maybe you're on the run, on the run from creditors, on the run from your past, on the run from a past relationship that's there, and you're in the state of unknown in your life, and it's crushing and destroying your self-esteem. Maybe financially you don't match up to other people that are around. You look at everyone else, they got a bigger house or nicer car or better vacations. You look at fake book and you go, I don't measure up and our self-esteem crushes you. What do you do when you feel like a dead dog? Like Mephibosheth. What do you do when you self-sabotage potential joy? Because that's exactly what Mephibosheth did. David's going to restore him and he tries to block it. Don't block blessings that are coming from God. Go to God. Go to Jesus. Your self-worth, your value is not tied into your looks. Your self-worth, your value is not tied in the car that you drive, the house that you have. Your self-value, your self-worth is not tied to what you've done. Your value, your worth is tied into what Jesus has done for you. Jesus, who didn't have the big house, the beautiful home, because he wanted to live in a better place in your heart. Jesus, who didn't have the fine automobile, he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey because Jesus was showing you those things just don't matter. Jesus, who there was nothing physical about himself that we'd be attracted to him, but yet through that body, he gave us peace in our lives. Jesus shows you your worth, your value is not in you. It comes from God who is in you. So when you're struggling, look outside of yourself. Focus on God and God will give you worth. Throughout this week, we've been studying the account of Mephibosheth, his interaction with King David. This all is happening because David's showing kindness and mercy to a man who really didn't need it or really didn't deserve it. But yet David is going after him to show him love. And this is exactly what God does for you. David is a picture of your loving Lord going after you in your need. When Mephibosheth finally comes before David, David speaks these amazing words to him. First of all, David says, and this is 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 7, don't be afraid. Mephibosheth, understandably so, is terrified for his life, standing before the king. And one day you're going to stand before the king, the almighty king of the universe. And God is going to say to you, as David said to Mephibosheth, God will say to you, don't be afraid. Now, how can you and I not be afraid while standing before the almighty God? Because our God is merciful. Our God is loving. And he shows us kindness in a way that we don't deserve. David continued to Mephibosheth and he said to him, he promised him, For I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. God, in his amazing love, speaks something similar to you and explains to you why he would show mercy to you that God says, I will restore to you kindness for the sake of not your father, Jonathan, but because of your brother, Jesus. That God shows you mercy and love no matter what you've done in your life. God invites you to come to his table. 
the table of his own body and blood to give you the gift, the pledge of forgiveness of sins as we eat body and blood and bread and wine in the holy sacrament. You're invited to the table of God's love as you understand what you're receiving, God's mercy, his body and blood for your forgiveness. And God says, through Jesus, he restores to us a broken relationship. Mephibosheth got the land, the blessings that belonged to his grandfather Saul. Through Jesus, we're restored into a relationship that was once lost because of our first grandparents, Adam and Eve. But now we, one day, will go to the eternal promised land to be with God forever in heaven. God says to you, do not be afraid. No, really, he, he says to you, no matter what you've done in your life, do not be afraid. You've been restored. Restored by the mercy of your brother Jesus. You are invited to the table, not just here, but you're invited to his heavenly wedding feast where you will joyfully celebrate the Almighty God for all of time and eternity because of the grace God has given you. Because God seeks out after you and he invites you to be with him. Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here with Time of Grace. Did you know that our ministry is 100% donor funded? That's a fancy way of saying that we don't receive buckets and buckets of money from the government or from any church or denomination. Instead, our ministry is completely fueled by people just like you. People who listen and watch our videos, people who give generously, and people who allow this message to spread to more and more souls whose lives are then changed. So for all of you who give, thank you so much. And for all of you who haven't given yet, we would love for you to do so. We really need your support. We want to reach people now with the good news of Jesus, which is why we need your help. Thanks for praying about that. Thanks for considering it. And thanks in advance for your support. God bless. Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here with Time of Grace. We hope that you love this podcast and that it helps you grow in your faith and get closer to Jesus. And we would love more and more people to have that experience too. Which is why I want to ask you today to leave a review of this podcast. With just a few moments of your time, you can help us spread the word to more people who can meet more and more of Jesus. Besides, what else are you going to do? Look at your phone? Check the weather again? Go on social media? Binge on Netflix? Okay, I won't shame you, but we'd love a review. Thanks. Thanks for sharing this podcast and we'll talk to you soon.